Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 16, My Desperate Valentine. Mary, what happened this week? Bramalee is pretty much over, but Brandon hasn't told Emily yet. Steve gives his first good advice ever and convinces Brandon to tell Emily it's over. Emily is not willing to take no for an answer, repeatedly calling the Walsh house to express her love for Brandon. And she does a lot of other stuff we're going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, someone has been writing creepy letters addressed to the school newspaper, which threaten vandalism towards student cars and eventually arson. Angela... Angela... Andrea. (laughs) Angela. Angela. Andrea refuses to publish the letters in the newspaper despite protests from other writers at the Blaze. Dilda practices self-control and tries to watch several violin performances while not making out the whole time. Also, David mentioned there's going to be a parade or something, but I wasn't really listening. Anyway, the gang builds a float for that. (laughs) accurate i mean like, yeah super there is I, I literally mean, no reason for david to be in this episode at all no. much less his video camera i was about to ask if he was actually in it but he was because he was like recording steve but yeah and then the steve be- calls steve him out yeah. yeah but yeah. at the beginning it was just his voice <laughs> so he almost wasn't in it at all there was literally no reason and then they were just like oh we forgot here you go. Mm, you're a regular, so we have to put you in here. You get but, paid either way. <laughs> of course, they put him in filming them. Yes, with a video camera. What? Why? <laughs> and I love the whole idea of, like, I have to film it because there have been a lot of arguments in the past that people had professionals build their floats, and everyone just looked at the float and was like, this float? <laughs> yeah, you're talking about this float, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I did love the float, though. The float was good. The float was fun. I don't understand the float. I didn't know there was going to be a float until they started making the float, but... But then, like, I... When Emily Goes Back to Destroy It was the first time I saw the full thing, where it says, Mm -hmm. November 2010, West Beverly finally beats Beverly. And I was like, this is the worst homecoming float ever. Seriously. Like, (laughs) a screenshot of a newspaper... From 19 years in the future. (laughs) Our school sucks, guys. Isn't it funny? (laughs) Check out how great we did at this float by saying how bad we suck. Like So bad. I know. I spent the whole time being like, why does the float say 2010? See, and I didn't even notice. Oh, I was paying attention. Yeah, I wasn't. I was still trying to figure out why there was a float. (laughs) Well, because they never do it. Like, do they have football or is this a basketball homecoming? Mm. Who won the game? Who won the float contest? Right. Why was it a float contest? I mean, literally, the float was literally a vehicle to the plot of this episode. Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot that was just in here to show that Emily's crazy. Yep. She's wacky. Brandon made the right call by dodging this bullet. Did we mention fatal attraction? Right. So many. Also, fun fact. Yes. James Eckhouse was in the movie Fatal Attraction. Oh, that's fun. That is a fun one. That's a fun one. It also totally breaks the universe because if he was in that movie and he's dad, dad was in Fatal Attraction. And they're all just like, this was Fatal Attraction. I feel like Jim should have been like, I know. Yeah, I realize that, kids. I was there. (laughs) Been there, done that. Okay. But that's like way in the future. We haven't even talked about sad Emily before we realize. Right. Whatever. Because let me tell you, not... 
10 seconds, well, not 10 seconds in the episode because it took about a minute for the opening credits again, but 10 seconds from when Emily sees the person at the lockers, I'm like, y'all ain't fooling us. He's way too tall to be branded. He didn't have the <laughs> hair. And he was just too tall. He His head surpassed the lockers. Brandon's does not. <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah, I mean, she just, like, sad Emily walking down the hall and then just walks up to somebody, be like, oh, that's his locker. The man in front of it has to be him. Can't be anybody else. And then just starts touching. Massage. Just unwarranted massaging. And I'm sorry, but if you're supposedly in love with Brandon... You know what the back of his head looks like. Yeah, and his height. Like, like she's, like... What, a little taller than he is, I think? Yeah, I think they are about the same height. So, yeah, yeah, if you walk up to somebody and all of a sudden your nose is at shoulders, you're just like, hmm, something's weird about this. Can't put my finger on it. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> but it's okay because she's crazy. Yeah, right? Yeah. God, it she's just, it, blinded. Oh, my God. It made me so mad every single time they said the words crazy or she's Psycho. a whack job yeah. or she's this. It just made me so mad. Yeah, it's frustrating. I but, mean, like, and like, I don't know that the whole quote-unquote girls are crazy or she's crazy issue was a thing then because it doesn't really seem like it because they were pretty liberal with the use of the word crazy and whack job and well and that's the thing that gets me is like you get to later in the episode and Andrea says she has borderline personality disorder because she saw the movie Fatal Attraction, and that's what happened in the movie Fatal Attraction. Right. Did I remind you that this episode is supposed to be the movie Fatal Attraction? Yeah. Maybe once or twice. <laughs> but, like, every other person is just like, nah, she's a nutter butter. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, I they just try to, like, just be like, nah, dude, like, you did the right thing. Like, get out of there. She's, mm-mm. Like, this was not a good one for advocating mental health awareness <laughs> yeah except for andrea but andrea saw a movie and that's where she it's not like she went it's home and qualified. was like yeah i am qualified and therefore i opened my dsm whatever mm-hmm. when it was on at this point mm-hmm. well and i mean that's the thing too is she probably not not that any of this is andrea's fault because it's not but like with her experience on the rap line you would have thought maybe she would have seen the warning signs a little earlier. But she, to be fair, she is the one that's like, guys, no, like she probably has something wrong. Like mm-hmm. she needs help, real help. So on the one side, she has the most experience to be able to recognize it. But then she actually does recognize it, even though it's from a movie, but then actually says something. So, you know, snaps for Andrea. <laughs> I guess. We'll see. I mean, I also think they gave Andrea a lot more credit than she probably deserved from, like, the typewriter showing up and then Andrea being (laughs) like, typewriter? Typed letters? (laughs) Typewriter? Typed letters? It's probably nothing. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, late at night in the newspaper room when she's putting the newspaper to sleep, light bulb. (laughs) She turns off the light in the newsroom. And the light bulb appears on her head. <laughs> she turns off the light and then she turns it right back on and goes, I have an idea. <laughs> the letters came through the typewriter. Yeah. Oh, man. The way you just said that made me think of something, but I can't put my finger on what it is. It was like the tone in which you said something like, da 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 da. And I'm like, what is that from? But it doesn't matter. Can't figure it out. You'll think of it later, maybe. Probably. But that's, again, very far into the future. Yes. Because Emily walks up to not Brandon mm-hmm. and starts massaging his shoulders. And creepy boy turns around and is like, I could be Brandon if you want me to be. And then she's like, 
Um, no, bye. But why are you at Brandon's locker? And he's like, uh, I don't know, he switched. Yeah, it's like, like, uh, no, this is my locker now. Which, is that a thing? I mean, I think you could technically unofficially make it a thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can, like, go to the office and be like, for reasons I can't tell you, I would like a locker in another hallway halfway into the semester. Right. Like, I figured, like... Lockers were pretty finite things. Like, you don't just switch with people. But, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be a big deal because... Well, it's kind of like... Was it last episode where she had the shelf in her locker so he could put his stuff in it? Like, I feel like that was more of a thing where, like, if your friend was on, like... Our our school had, like, here's the math hall. Here's the science hall. This Mm -hmm. is the English and, you know, history hallway. And so, like, if you were on the math hallway and you need to get all the way to one hallway, but your locker is in the complete opposite direction, like, maybe you put a book in your friend's locker yeah. who's on that hallway. Yeah, like, if you had, like, three classes back-to-back on one end and then another on the opposite side of school, sure. Mm-hmm. But you didn't just swap lockers. Mm-hmm. But Brandon did. He sure did. Because Brandon can do whatever Brandon wants to do. That's right. And so he swaps his locker over onto the hallway that's got – um. The newspaper room. Yeah, Andrea's office. You beat me to it. <laughs> but yeah, so he swamps over there, and Andrea's just like, what are you doing in my office? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well, uh, this is closer, so. Which yeah. I'm like, mm, also. Why lie? Yeah. Just say you broke up with Emily and that it's weird. Exactly. Like, he spends so much time trying to protect her in this episode, mm-hmm. and then... Like, when Andrea calls him out on it and is like, why aren't you just talking to her? And he's like, I'm not an in-your-face kind of guy. I was like, bite False. me, Brandon. <laughs> You're so wrong. Well, that was perfect timing for Steve to literally be right in his face. He's like, like what hey, about buddy? face? <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy, I'm here. Remember me? I'm Steve. <laughs> Did you say in your face? I'm in your face. Mm-hmm. Hello. And then, like, Brandon comes back with that sick burn. Only I don't remember exactly what he said about his, his breath. His breath but. smelled like a skunk McMuffin. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you glad I wrote that down? <laughs> <laughs> hey, throwback to eggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no. Skunk McMuffin. Clever Brandon. Also, yeah, of course you could smell his breath. You're at... Your eyes are, like, at his mouth. Because he's short. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows it but Emily. <laughs> right. Um, and then that's the point where like David comes on over the mm-hmm. announcements and is talking about the float contest parade, whatever for homecoming. Yeah. And the entire gang shows up and Donna's like, come on guys, we have to build a float. And then, um, God, cause then Brandon, like, they're like, oh, well, we can just drop the lumber off at your house, Brandon. Mm-hmm. He's like, why me? Because you're the only family that has tools in their tool shed. Which I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. I mean, a Minnesota family moving I was going to say, like, literally, like, shoving it in our faces. Like, did we tell you they're the normal family? They're the normal people. Yeah, good point. They're the cool regular guys. Brandon Walsh, regular guy. That's right. Which I think Dylan even makes a comment about that later on in the episode, too. Like, literally says you're trying to be Brandon Walsh, all-American nice guy or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of Brenda and Dylan, they're not there and the gang is just like, oh, but are they all in mm-hmm. on doing this too? And they're like, oh, yeah, Brenda designed it. Like, So can she explain why she made this float 19 years in the future? Yeah, right? Someone tell us, like, 
was there anything from the original era that was like, yeah, Brenda's like a budding architect or Well, and like, did we miss some sort of joke about yeah. like, this is why this is funny? Right. Or was it literally just kind of like the time capsule episode that was just random? Nothing means anything. Yeah. Just I'm whatever. I'm pretty sure nothing means anything in this show. Like, because either A, the amount of time it takes for them to do a callback, like with Brandon's DUI, or they just don't say anything about stuff. So I'm pretty sure nothing means, everything means nothing. Well, and I'm convinced the float only existed so that Emily could destroy it at the end of the episode. Right. Because she couldn't destroy anything else. Yeah, like she couldn't. Her bike. Which she already did and didn't quite get the She slashed the tire, but she could have like done something to it. I don't know. Which I'm like, you don't really have much. This is the (laughs) Where's Brandon's car? (laughs) Right. I finally fixed it. (laughs) This could have been, I mean, the float was clearly the only thing that she had the least amount of, like, conse- actual consequences for. Mm-hmm. But she ruined her bike. She doesn't have a way to get to school. She ruins Brandon's, nope, he doesn't have a car right now. He doesn't have a car right now. She ruins the Walsh's car or something like that. Like, that's actual, that's a felony. I like, mean, to be fair, I think most of what she did was kind of illegal. Well, like, yeah. writing threatening letters to the school saying right. you're going to burn it down and if people are accidentally inside when it burns, oh well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's a problem. You can definitely get arrested for that. That's a problem. And like... But you yeah. see what I mean? Like, burning down a float that was just... It's almost like... Well, yeah, it's now it's, it's just not in the project. Parade, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But if she had set it on fire in the Walsh's yard, like, yeah. that would have burned down their garage, and it True. might have caught on to the neighbors, and, like... True. She could have actually started a giant fire. Probably. So, Especially in Los Angeles. I was say, in California. Yeah. I wanted there to be a fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. When she just sits there and is, like, messing with the lighter, I was like... I'm like, homegirl, you gotta, like, light that far away and throw it or something, because, Yeah, like, you need to do the, like, line of gasoline yeah. and then just drop it down. That's the wrong kind of lighter for our sake. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mary knows. <laughs> I was going to say, but also, let's talk logistics. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have this whole conversation about this, and then Brandon and Andrea walk into the newspaper room. Mm-hmm. I'm like having trouble remembering words. <laughs> I called it the newsroom, so, but that's because I work at a TV station, so this is not a paper. It can be the newspaper room. I mean, it, they walk into the newsroom. And everyone's sitting there reading one of those weird letters. And I feel like the guy who was reading them had a really weird accent. Yes, I think. But also that he was so enthusiastic. He was like, he was like overacting, you know, like he just. (laughs) So I think it was the overacting that kind of did it for me. But he reminded me of Bartok the Bat from Anastasia. Hmm. That takes me back. (laughs) Just like. Maybe watch like a clip of him yeah. speaking again. I'd have to put him like side and by like side. pretend he's a bat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I don't remember that from the episode, but I definitely love the reference. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I mean, I wrote it with you in mind. I was like, I mean, Mary talk will about, know. Like truly, like who is this person? Like, I know that was the <laughs> other thing is like, who is this person that probably just got their SAG card for yeah. like saying all this bullshit? It Seriously. could have been literally anybody, mm-hmm. but they've never given a newspaper staff. Right. Like, like why wouldn't they just have like Brandon read it? Or like Andrea, like, Oh, what's this sealed letter on my desk that mm-hmm. I've never seen before? Da 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 da. Brandon's like, 
putting together the, you know, sports page. And then Emily comes up to be like, oh, why did you switch lockers on me? Maybe we should get together this weekend. And then Andrea's like, oh, my God, and, and interrupts them. This? Yeah. There also, you go. Now you don't have to pay somebody else. Right. <laughs> Side note, is this a daily paper? I don't know. Because if it is, that's so stressful. Well, okay, so Andrea says – Later in the episode, when Emily says she's giving the typewriter to the newspaper, she's like, oh, your writing has gotten so good, you can't quit. Emily's been there for like five episodes, Mm -hmm. which if we go saying like it's a week or maybe two weeks top, like she's been there like two months. How has her writing evolved that much in two months? Andrea is a miracle worker. It's a (laughs) daily paper and Andrea is just that good. I mean, if it is a daily paper... How do you work on anything else? It's If it's a daily paper, it's one piece of paper. It's right. a newsletter that Andrea is just super excited about. It's a brochure. She's like, <laughs> we got to get the paper out. And they print one piece of paper and they're like, done. Got it. That's how it's done at the daily, what is it? Blaze? The Blaze. Just the Blaze. Just the Blaze. Yeah, I was thinking the Daily News from the, the Daily Bugle. Because. I was thinking about the Daily Blabbity <laughs> <laughs> from the Crimson Chin. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. Um, Lucas sent me an Instagram post that has like if SpongeBob was a bunch of different 90s TV shows and just like literally just the intro of it. So like instead of Seinfeld, it said SquarePants. Oh my God. And then like it had the full house like going over the bridge, but it says SpongeBob on it and it's got all of the little like bikini bottom vehicles going across. So like I feel like we need that for 90210, yeah. just like the gang, but they're all Spongebob. I mean, you guys have seen the like Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson on all of the Full House characters. Yes. Right? <laughs> Funniest thing on the internet for a while. It was <laughs> so good. I would like cry laughing looking at that one. Oh, yeah. None of that actually happened. Mm-hmm. And some random person shows up to read this letter and gets like super excited about it. So excited. Like... He was into it, Mm -hmm. maybe a little too into it. Although Emily did do a pretty good job pretending it was not her. Oh, totally. So, I mean, go her. I mean, I don't think I understood it was her until maybe the second one, the second letter. Because the first one... The second letter is when they talk about, like, slashing tires and destroying cars and stuff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember if I thought it was her then or after she slashed the tire. Because as soon Mm -hmm. as she slashed the tire, I was like, okay, everything's her. Right. Like, yeah, it's not even a question. Yeah, because like the first one, she's just talking about like the rich kids or whatever. And like they're entitled and privileged and stuff, mm-hmm. which I'm like, OK, Emily, but you go to the school like and you have your own motorcycle. So like, you know, like yeah. thinking back on it, I'm like, that makes sense why I didn't think it was her, because like she's also like a privileged. I mean, she moved down from where? Santa Monica or San Francisco? San Francisco. I think. Yeah. And they've had, like, like, four houses, and, like, they keep moving around. I just want to be like, if you're moving, and you're moving into houses. And and then into bigger cities. Yeah, (laughs) and you've still got the motorcycle, and you're Mm -hmm. being enrolled into school. And, yeah, you're moving into Beverly Hills. Yeah, so, like, like, it's plausible that it wouldn't have been You have some privilege. Yeah. Yeah, it's not you. And then, yeah, they were talking about the slashing the tires, and that's around when we start getting the hang-ups at the Walsh house, which the hang-ups were definitely her. They were never not going to be her. They were never not her. Yeah, I never for once believed it was any one other than her oh yeah i wrote in my note someone keeps calling brandon and hanging up hmm i wonder who it could be (laughs) no oh my gosh but i mean i still i have a few other things Mm -hmm. before we get to the hang-ups because like she keeps trying to get him to go out with her and he won't just be like 
we're broken up. Yeah. Which, yeah, he didn't technically say, I am breaking up with you in the last episode. He just was like, I don't want to see you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you I said I he, was so, you were so in love with me. And, I must oh. have been on drugs. And then the episode ends. And yeah. yeah, I guess we all assume, like, that means you're broken up. Yeah. But she thinks they're just in a fight. And then he keeps being like, no, I can't hang out tonight. I have to study. No, I can't do this because I have to work and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then she keeps calling the house to make sure he's there studying. I guess. I mean, that's how I interpreted it because she keeps calling and he keeps picking up the phone. And then when Steve says to come down to the peach pit, all of a sudden she's at the peach pit. Oh, fair. So, like, maybe she called the house and he wasn't there and she's like, where else could Brandon be? Because he's basic. So he's yeah. got two places he'd be, home or peach pit. I never would have expected it would be harder to ghost somebody in the 90s. Right? Right? Like, you don't have a phone on you. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, she would really just have to drive around places hoping that he'd be there. Sooner or later. It just so happens. Him. He only goes to one place. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, I do like that Steve is... Which I don't know if this was the whole point of the episode or like if this was just to literally get him to give Brandon advice to then talk to Emily. But I like that they're trying to like show that friendship again because I feel like they do have a good friendship base. Mm. And like I like that Steve likes Brandon so much as much as I don't like Brandon because (laughs) I just I know Steve love like just wants to be loved. And the fact that he's putting so much effort into a friendship just kind of makes me happy because I'm like, oh, my God, buddy, you deserve love like you you. He deserves love so much. Yeah. Like, And the thing is, yeah, like, you know, Mary said in the synopsis, he's been giving advice to other people and it has been terrible. Yeah. Like, I remember Kelly where he's like, here's a Diet Coke. Act like an asshole. Right. Like, this is the first time he's given good advice of like, you just need to break up with her. Absolutely. Like, I literally like, I said, Steve gives advice to Brandon and this one actually doesn't suck because it's just like, be honest with her. And see, <laughs> I wrote, Steve says... I got to make a few phone calls. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. <laughs> what are you going to – you're literally going to walk over to the payphone. You came in with like $3 and quarters knowing you were going to make your calls here. <laughs> he's got here. like one of those little sacks that's just like four quarters and he's like, okay, here he's we go. He's got a tiny little notebook where he's like, call <laughs> Kelly. Done. <laughs> Cross it off. All right, call number two. Clink, clink, clink. Do you think he was at the peach pit when he called Brandon to ask him to come out? Yeah. Maybe he's just moving to the next person <laughs> on the list since Brendan got busy. Hey, he's Kelly, like, uh, you want to go to the beach pit? No. Brandon right. was like number Quick. three on the list. And he's <laughs> like, all right, talk to Brandon, next person. Hey, uh, Donna, <laughs> want to come to the beach pit? No? All right, bye. <laughs> hey, Andrea. <laughs> Do you want to come lo- to a party in my pants? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to come to the pants party? <laughs> I was. Uh, did Brian tell you to say this? Yes, he did. but no i would just like i love this idea that he's got his little to-do list and he's like call kelly about blah 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 Mm -hmm. call blah about blah 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 i love it because i'm a list person so that speaks to me oh i love lists lists are the best (laughs) i love list (laughs) do you really love lists or are you just (laughs) saying you love things around the room i love list (laughs) i love list (laughs) all right so yeah, they're at the peach pit. He gives good advice. She takes it and like she like comes and sits down and he actually like has a chance to be honest with her and he re-breaks up with her. Like which is what I wrote down because again, last episode, I kind of was under the assumption I was saying, we that they all kind of made an assumption here, but mm-hmm. I guess if you're thinking about someone who like 
you know, does really have attachment issues and like has this desperate need to be, you know, connected to people because Mm -hmm. she keeps being moved around. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I get her not interpreting that as like we're broken up because I feel like I would have jumped to we're broken up and not we're in a fight. Yeah, same. Because, yeah, then, you know, they're talking and she's like, you know, I never do anything to hurt you. You have to give me a second chance. I'll do anything. And I was like, mm. And she drops the L-bomb. Like, I don't think she they drops said it before. She that a lot. In this episode, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think she had said it before. Um, This episode, she's like, Brandon, I love you. Well, so I know she said that Brandon said it in the last episode, which I don't know if we actually saw it on screen, but she says, like, he'd never been in love with a girl like that before oh, or never something felt- like that that way about a girl before. That's it. Okay, so he didn't yeah. use the L word. No. I think she may have like extrapolated it or totally. I extrapolated it. I definitely did. And I and honestly at this point, I was like Emily's trying really hard to get Brandon back and guaranteed he's going to take her up on it. Like I thought for sure. Well, and that was the thing. He keeps being like, "Well, no, we're not getting back together. No, we're not getting back together. We can't be friends." Yeah. I was like, mm. "Mm, not the right time." Good friends. <laughs> Good friends. That made me so mad. I hate it. Yeah. That's not what you want to hear. No. Every time one of them opened their mouths, I was like, just stop saying that. Because then after that is when Emily is like, I wish I had a fairy godmother so I could go back and make none of this ever happen. And it's like, but do you hear yourself? Because you just wished you could go back in time and not drug your boyfriend. Yeah. That's a horrible thing that you're like, (laughs) Like, hmm. Think of what you wish never happened. Right. That's a bad thing. How broken this relationship is. That he said, the only way I would ever take drugs is if somebody forced them on me. And she's like, hmm, so you good. want someone to force them on you. What I hear is you don't want to ask for drugs. You want me to put them in your mouth. You want to be given drugs. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no. Which it makes me think, like, let's just say the drug thing never happens. What would it have taken? You know, because obviously Emily has these deep-rooted issues of... Attachment, abandonment, mm-hmm. not fitting in. Um, I mean, the thing is, if they're doing this whole quote unquote fatal attraction thing, mm-hmm. like the drugs never had to happen to make this happen. And that's what I'm curious. And it could have, it could have been the exact same thing mm-hmm. where like they're still in a really good relationship, but maybe like a girl comes into the peach pit and sits at the counter and she interprets it as flirting with Brandon and yep. starts getting really jealous. And that's what starts the hangups. And that's what starts leaving 16 messages on the machine Mm -hmm. that are, like, really uncomfortable. And, like, the lying to spend the night at his house. Well, that's why I'm really curious. Like, did they really have to go this far? Like, because I get it. They probably wanted to do a drug Oh, yeah. They definitely wanted drugs are bad. But, like, so soon after the rape episode or the attempted rape. Like, Brandon's the one that had the DUI episode last time. So, like... You didn't really, like, multiple people have had alcohol and not liked it. Like, you could have picked anybody to do the drug episode. I mean, David is, like, prime target because he was absolutely wasted. Well, and you could easily have had that been, like, it's the episode right after my friend accidentally shot himself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something to cope, which is kind of what we interpreted the alcohol thing. But that doesn't seem to be manifesting into anything. Yeah, totally. But that's where they could have taken that instead Mm -hmm. of the drugs. And then still had this episode, and it would have been no different. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. Because honestly and truly, I don't I don't think I would have necessarily like I would have been able to empathize or sympathize rather with Emily had there not been the drug issue, mm-hmm. right? Because 
even well, if it was still as a fatal attraction minus the drugs, you could still understand that she's got some other issues going on and she needs help. However, with the drug deal and the fact that she freaking It just turns you against it, her. Yes. Like, 100%. Honestly, like I was telling Mary this, I basically Googled like the rise and fall of Emily Valentine and like nothing just screamed that hmm. to me when I looked it up. And I was like, I'm a little surprised that like we're only halfway through Emily Valentine episode. She's in like 12 episodes yeah. throughout the course of the show. And I think this would be episode six that she's credited in. Okay. And like she is literally, we fell in love with her in that oh, yeah. first episode. Fell hard. And then the last episode, she just plummeted. Yep. And now she's like sitting at the very bottom and I don't see how she's coming back. That's and, the thing. And that's what I was like, how can they have done this to a short series art character and nobody's written anything about it that I can mm -hmm. find on like the first three pages of a Google search. Totally. I mean, think about it. Like think about trying to put in a, a redemption arc for her. Right it would now. be so like, I want it mm -hmm. and it's going to be really hard because like speaking of redemption and you know, not having the whole drug thing happen, uh, Cindy is trying to sympathize with her and totally. empathize with her and being like, you guys are being too hard on her. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to talk to her parents. We need to, you know, try and deal with this because she doesn't know that she drugged her son. Like, she doesn't mm -hmm. know that's the reason all that stuff happened. Ex exactly. That's a very good point because, yeah, she doesn't know what all happened. So she's clearly like, this girl needs our help. She doesn't need us to distance ourselves or, like, you know, ignore her. She needs help. Yeah, but and pretty consistently, Cindy is trying to be like, we need to do something yeah. about this. She and needs she us. Definitely wouldn't do that had she known from the very beginning that Emily was the one that slipped brain in the drugs. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and then, I mean, there's a lot of things that, like, when they hit the revelation at the end of the episode, I was expecting Cindy and Jim to just, like, explode. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, quite literally, just like yeah. their bodies just, like, explode. And then mm -hmm. everyone's just like, oh, I guess we don't have a mom and a dad anymore because they exploded at the idea of someone drugging the golden boy. Yep. And, like, having proof right in front of you. Like, she's the one that did it. Ugh. Right. But, yeah, because then, you know, she says all this, like, crazy stuff about how she wishes she had a fairy godmother to go back in time and not drug her boyfriend. And then they go outside and they see her tire is slashed. And she's like, just like the letter, huh, Brandon? What am I going to do? Yeah. He's like, I don't really see you as a Beverly Hills princess or whatever. It's like, uh, maybe that probably wasn't the letter guy. You probably ran over a nail. Yeah. But I wrote down, it's like, you noticed your tire was broken from pretty far away, Emily. <laughs> that was the thing. I was like, hmm. Because, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think, so in my notes, I say this is too coincidental. So I really, I don't think I got it about the letters quite yet. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, they got the letter and she just thought like oh well they're doing this so i'm gonna do it and pretend i'm a victim right and then brandon will have to help me right. and then when we spend more time together he'll fall back in love with me and he'll have no choice but to be with me well, which i assume kind of is what's in her head oh yeah no i think that's spot on but with the whole like letters thing and the tire slashing thing i'm like at this point i was like it would this be show too many plots not, well and the show is not that clever right well, like <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't given us a cliffhanger yet. It hasn't given us a big shock moment, like no big reveal, like really nothing. So 
it would be normal in a show that did provide a lot of cliffhangers and shock moments for it to not be Emily and it to be really be someone else. But oh, yeah, no, that, I didn't pick up on this, which is yeah. like, I'm giving this show too much credit and yeah, sometimes I know it. Because yeah. like, yeah, we've already seen the intro to the Brenda and Dylan B plot, which like, mm-hmm. frankly, I just don't care too much yeah, to mention. Yeah, I didn't care about Like, it. we mean, can throw it in later and whatever. Yeah, that's fine. But Love like, them, there's but don't care about their plot. There's no way that was a C plot so they could fill in a B plot of like someone threatening Elf. to blow up the school or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's there's just no way. Yeah. This writer's room is not that sophisticated. I'm sorry, all of you, but it's true. <laughs> Except Allie, who she wrote wasn't credited Supergirl. on this episode. See, that's why. If she was, maybe she would have written that B plot. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually. I looked up who wrote this episode, and it's somewhere in my notes. Well, there was <laughs> another part. <laughs> I had a yikes moment during this scene, and I'm stealing that yikes moment of the week from our friends of the Future Bachelor. Go check them out because they've been on our show, and, our and we've finale. been on their show. That's right, at the Future Bachelor. But my yikes moment, and they love Mary. They do love Mary a lot. I love them too. <laughs> but yeah, my yikes moment was. Pretty much right after the slashing tires thing, Emily was like, maybe I should slash my neck or something, wrists or something like that right after. Yeah, she's like, why couldn't the guy who go- who slashed my tire just slash my neck while he's at it? Yeah, and I was just like, oh, like, okay, daddy. Okay, speaking of yikes, I found it. Kay. This director on this episode also directed Camping Trip. So those are the two mm. episodes he's done. Interesting. And like... I think I wrote the writer down too. Hmm. I don't really see a lot of parallel though. I'm just thinking of like the one scene with Dylan where he just starts yelling oh, about abortions. Yes, and yes, I'm just yes. like, this is a lot of men doing things that like, they're writing things that they have no business writing about. Sure. That's what I wrote. The writer of this episode is a man. Mm. Okay. I was like, you just saw Fatal Attraction and you were just like, mmm, hot women. I can do that. I can make them crazy because they probably already are. Bitches be crazy, am I right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, she's like all about slashing tires and slashing throats. And Brandon's just like, you can come stay at my house because your parents are out of town, which she totally lied about. Yeah. And I honestly didn't catch on to that until, I'm trying to remember. Oh, um, uh, what happened first? Did the phone call happen after? Like the next morning? So yeah, she spends yeah. the night so and then the next morning Cindy's yeah. talking to her mom and is like, oh yeah, because her tires were slashed and she's like, I got this and like yeah. dives for the phone. So I didn't get it until clearly she woke up in the middle of the night to go bone. Yeah, well, and that's what got me is she says all this stuff and he's like, oh, well, you can come stay at my house and they go to his house and she's sleeping on the like rollaway bed in Brenda's room like right next to the door that goes right into Brandon's room and he's being so nice about everything mm-hmm. knowing that like, bro, she's going to come in here. Like he's like, if you need anything, I'm Just, your concierge. Yeah, go down the concierge. <laughs> All I could think of was when uh, Michael from the office goes to Canada and oh they're like, God. if you need anything, just ask the concierge. They have those here? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's a good reference. I like I know. that one. You're welcome. Oh, good old Michael Scott. 
But yeah, I mean, she definitely pulls a Michael Scott. Yep. And she wakes up in the middle of the night and she, well, Creepily. okay, Michael Scott would not walk into Brandon's room and start sniffing his favorite shirt. Oh, no, man. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, if it was Jan. That's very true. If okay. If it was Pam. If it's if it literally Pam, anyone. Basically, up until when if Michael. it was the chair girl, the desk chair girl over well, her. <laughs> well, okay, so when, um, literally everyone, but like the one part where michael they go to the dave and busters that's not dave and busters and what's her face Uh uh-huh that he has the affair with and he's the other man yep and he wants to sell her paper so she comes into the office and he's just like i just want to kiss her and he just keeps like trying to kiss her and it's just so uncomfortable and like pretty much until holly michael's too creepy with women oh yeah like, they definitely retcon Michael yeah. to make you love him and Holly together, which I'm fine with. Oh, yeah. I love like, them together for the most part. But, yeah, like, we were rewatching all these episodes and not Dave and Buster's Girl. Like, <laughs> I was just like, this is borderline assault. Like, she leaves the office and he corners her, literally yeah. pushes her into a corner. Because she's, like, tr- hitting the blinds or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, and she has to, like, slide out past him. And mm-hmm. I was like... Not a good look. Yep. Really not a good look. I was watching something the other day, or maybe I was listening to someone talk. Can't remember. Um, life is a I movie. was doing something at some point, maybe with someone. <laughs> yep. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. It doesn't matter who it came from. But I was basically like, the conversation was about how, oh, so-and-so, you know, wore her down or whatever. Oh, it was something I was watching that didn't age well. Because it was, like, badgering, like, basically a guy, not in, like, literally, like, the scene, the way it looks is very innocent, right? Because you're made to believe, oh, this guy's just persistent. He knows what he wants. He's not, you know, he's not going to give up or whatever. So he wasn't aggressive in, like, an assaulty way, you know, like, not trying to push him against the door kind of deal, things like that. But you're made to believe that he is just being persistent and the girl finally is like okay i i admire your persistence and all this drama and i'm like yo that's like that's not okay well and that's honestly that's the thing is like they kind of show it in this like okay when men did it it's a romantic comedy and it's men wearing women down to make them fall in love with them when women do it it's a psychological thriller exactly and they're crazy and you have to probably kill them to get away from them or something. Or like, lock them up or whatever. Yeah. But like it's this whole idea and I don't know when it started or, you know, if it's still even going on. Mm-hmm. But like the idea that women are just shy and they just need yeah. you to force them into realizing that you love them and that you're the right one for them. I don't like it and mm-hmm. I've never liked it. Like no means no, man. Yeah, like, if I say I don't want to date you, that doesn't mean I'm not Ask ready to date dates. you. Yeah. Or, like, I'm really shy, and mm. I need you to make me feel pretty. So, I just remembered what it was from, and I don't know why I'm surprised. You can take a guess at what it's from. It's from a TV show. It's from a TV show. Gilmore Girls? Of course it is. <laughs> That's all I bring up on this podcast. <laughs> it was when, in season six, it was right after uh, Lorelai and Rory, like, get back together basically whenever they're like apart for so long and it's when logan and rory had taken a break because uh, uh 
why did you drop out of Yale? It always comes back to this. It's always about Yale. (laughs) Yale. And because when, you know, Logan was an asshole when Jess came in and... and, It's not when Logan was an asshole. It's Logan is an asshole. Right, right. And so they break up and Logan assumes it was a breakup. And Rory is like, no, we were just in a fight. And he sleeps with like all of Honor's bridesmaids and then where he's like oh wait no you slept with two of them and you only messed around with another whatever that means and then he's like showing up at her dorm all the time with like a coffee cart and donuts and flowers and like you know doing all this all these gestures or whatever and i'm like this is amy sherman paladino in 2000 i don't know 10 no that's not right five something I was gonna like say, that didn't it end in oh seven, seven i think yeah so it was like 2005 or six it's like if Amy Sherman Palladino in, back then thought this was like okay behavior because Rory eventually takes him back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, things have changed. So in the whole point to this is I'm like, I think this behavior used to be acceptable and used to be societally okay because boys were just looked at as being persistent and wearing girls down and that was okay. But what we're realizing is no, no means no. We're not saying no because we're trying to play coy. We're saying no because we don't want to date you. Mm-hmm. End of rant. That's all. Well, and like you think about, you know, there's got to be more current romantic comedies where like the no means no actually gets respected. And yeah. then, you know, because it's still a romantic comedy, the woman realizes, oh, I actually do want to date you. And then right. they have to come to terms with it. Because I'm thinking right. like to all the boys I've loved before or set it up. Yeah. Are both ones where they're like, oh, we're not really going to date. Mm-hmm. We're just going to work together or pretend to date or do whatever. And then they realize they have feelings for each other later. And that's what causes the issues. Totally. Not like, I don't want to date you, but you really want to date me and you're not going to drop it. So I'm just going to give in because that's the only way I'm going to get you to stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's crap. And again, I don't ever, it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, if you look at somebody's tweet from 2005, of course it might be filled with something insensitive because people are allowed to grow and change. So in this case with the whole Gilmore Girls thing, which sorry for bringing it up again. Never sorry. But it was just a situation where I'm like, yeah, looking back on this because I watched it like three days ago, I'm like, that's kind of problematic behavior. And honestly, Nate was the one that said, isn't he kind of stalking her? And I'm like, yes, husband. Look at you. You're so smart. You're so evolved. Yes. And Unlike so, Brandon. I'm like, Thinking in my head, I'm like, man, ASP really, like, didn't think this was wrong back then. I mean, I also think that, you know, if you really did a deep dive into Gilmore Girls, there are a couple of things that she did that were just, like, romanticized or fantasized or, like, they're too heightened for things. So it doesn't totally surprise me that she's getting, like, I don't think a lot of romance on that show actually worked out well. Because, like, yeah. you think of what happened with Dean. You think, yeah, well, Dean sucks. Anyway, well, because but, Dean, yes. I really think Dean got retconned. I think he was, yeah. like, yeah. the perfect boyfriend for her when she first started. And then Except they got hella ti- jealous. Well, but they got tired of him, so they yeah. brought in. Yes. Yeah, and then he got hella jealous. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, now we're all off of Team G- Dean, and now we're on Team Jess. Right. And then. We're back to Team Dean, because. She realizes, oh, he really was perfect. I love you, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, yes. And some of the dialogue, like if you hear it every now and then, I'm like, that's kind of insensitive. Like some of the things that they've, like she even wrote about, you know, like gay and like said some things not about any person, but just more like just general statements. And I'm like, huh, 
you know, and then Michelle ends up being gay, mm-hmm. you know, and like, which of course he is. I but, mean, yeah. But, you know, it's just, I am cool, obviously, with people being allowed to grow and change because I think that's the only way we're ever going to learn anything. And that's the huge mark of it is like, okay, Amy Sherman Palladino did things that were of the times that arguably even 10 years back, it's kind of ridiculous that mm-hmm. 10 years ago yeah. we thought this was okay and now we're realizing it's wrong. So, you know, if you go into the future and you watch the other things that she did where, you know, she made bunheads right after, which didn't last very long, mm-hmm. then she did Marvelous Miss Maisel. I feel which like there wonderful. was one in between those that she mm-hmm. either tried to get done. Could have been a possibility that she tried to get something, but it never actually aired. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah she did Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is a period piece. So you run the risk. Yeah. But did she grow? And like now she doesn't make gay jokes or like right. do any weird things that she shouldn't be doing oh and i think Maisel is actually a really good opportunity for that because she is able to say there was probably some stuff that happened i don't have to talk about it or i don't have to like be blatant about it i can that's what i mean like it's yeah. a period piece so like there could be things that happen but mm-hmm. you don't have to do that and she shows how strong of a woman Maisel is by being able to be a female comic in the 50s and 60s like that's pretty cool yeah but i mean like yeah if she's not making jokes that we think are insensitive then Mm. or now or whatever like yeah you can see that there's that growth there and that's you know the same thing that like we have to remind ourselves that this episode aired almost 30 years ago exactly and we have to be like no wait a minute like it's it's not okay it shouldn't have been okay then but again we're getting all of those movies totally like and they're still making fatal attraction type movies totally like get the fuck Mm -hmm. over yourselves no one needs to see stalker shit. I mean, right. if you're going to make it a legit horror movie, I think that's okay. But, mm-hmm. like, you don't need to vilify mental illness. Totally. It's it's like, yeah, it's like you can still show that kind of stuff, but don't make it glamorized. Or, like, you don't want to become desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. You want to understand this is wrong and not – but, yeah, like, do well, it the right like, way. Yeah, they do kind of try – to help with that in this mm. by having Andrea come in and say she's got borderline personality mm. disorder and actually one that I think handles this whole like stalking versus mental health, uh, health and all that kind of stuff really well is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which should. I still haven't watched a CW show, so I should watch it. I'm just saying like I'm, I'm handing this to you on a platter. I'm like, this is going to be research. <laughs> <laughs> it's homework. It's pertinent to the podcast <laughs> pertinent hashtag pertinent podcast <laughs> pie pertinent Mm-mm. can't do it the p has to happen <laughs> so when is her homework due yeah do we have a deadline <laughs> can i finish it right now <laughs> all right we're gonna pause the episode we're gonna go to a commercial break and you're gonna watch the episode and then when we come back We'll see what I've learned. This is actually going to be Back to West Covina instead of Back to West Bev, which is a reference you will understand after we watch the episode. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for someone else to say it. Pies. Podcast pies. Podcasters and Paco getting pie. Mm. Perfect. (laughs) Speaking of ads, does anyone want another White Claw? Mm Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. And we're back. <laughs> I don't even remember where we left off because we yeah. got so distracted with Gilmore Girls. We went on such I'm it's be- so okay, sorry. No, I got- <laughs> never be sorry. I got it though. Emily 
goes into his bedroom yes. in silk pajamas that she oh, borrowed no. from someone. Cindy. And you is, know it's Cindy. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Cindy. Because it's like, well, but the it's entire family silk. wears matching separates. That's true. But this was like mom silk, not like I feel sexy like, silk. I feel like we've seen Brenda wearing... Brenda had on silk, but hers had patterns on it. That's what I'm saying. It's not like, well... But anyway, so she comes in and Brandon's favorite shirt just happens to be sitting on his bed. And that's when she picks it up and starts sniffing it and then crawls into his bed. And I got really worried because she's like, you know, kissing him, getting him to wake up. And then they like make out a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God, is he not going to stop her? Yeah, because I'm like, what kind of REM sleep do you get, Brandon? Because I want to sleep as hard as he does. Well, and that was like he wakes up and he's like kind of groggy and he's got like, I don't know, sleepy brain. And he's just like, must be a sex dream. Because he has lots of those. We know that. Oh, God. He's had at least two. (laughs) I know. He's probably just like, (gasps) my dream. It's real. It feels so real. But yeah, because she tries to get him to sleep with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's like, if you make love to me, you'll, you won't want to break up with me anymore. And he says, to make love, I have to be in love. Which is his like, like, I am not in love with you. Dude, hit it, Emily. Like, all of a sudden, she fires back. I wrote it down. If, you, if we make love right now, you won't want to break up with me. Oh, confidence. Hella confidence. And obviously, like, you know. Except it didn't work because she got shut down. I know, but, like, to have that confidence, like, yo. Oh, no. I mean, that's the thing is, like, for someone who's never slept with anyone. Well, and that, (laughs) I had totally forgotten that until she brings it up later. Later. That she is a virgin and she is ready to just, like, give herself to Brandon, which, you know. Red flag. I mean, okay, if she hadn't. That would be another, like, make this into a fatal attraction without having to have the drug thing. Because I'm pretty sure all of those movies kind of, like, you had sex with them and now they're crazy and obsessed with you kind of a thing. Um, But, like, you know, Brandon had his whole thing about, like, we weren't virgins together, Cheryl. (laughs) Cheryl. (laughs) Yes. So, like, if they hadn't had the drug thing, he would have been all about this. oh absolutely like he would have been totally ready for this because that's the thing who's the horniest teenager on this show brandon yes well in this episode dylan and brenda yeah <laughs> dilda, dilda. Hella. hella but normally Norm- brandon think about it he's had the most sex dreams he's the most handsy he goes full tongue all the time all the time <laughs> he kisses all of his friends yeah all of his does. sister's friends yeah because i mean so emily goes to make out with him he turns her down very dejectedly. Mm-hmm. She goes back to Brenda's room. And then the next morning happens, which is when Cindy's on the phone with her mom. Yeah. Being like, oh, yeah, and somebody slashed your tires. And that's when she, like, runs to the phone and is like, no, mom, I'm okay. I stay with Brandon. Everything's fine. Ha, 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 ha. Bye. Which, on the one hand, I was like, is that really her mom? And did they have a fake number? Because I thought she lied to her parents about spending the night in the wash place for like in the in, for the get-go like at the get-go so i was like is that why she's coming in but no it's because she didn't want her parents to know she slashed her own tires or that her tires were slashed well and all. she didn't want them to hear from cindy that she had said they were out of town yes exactly and that made clear to me like like, like a little bit later but at first i was like why is she being so weird about this well and that was kind of a thing that got me in this episode is i feel like there were a lot of times where like they didn't really think out 
the lying, they just wanted there to be lying mm-hmm. because like her lying about her parents being out of town to stay at the Walsh house doesn't really explain how her parents had the Walsh's phone number and knew to call there the next morning or like yeah. that Cindy had her phone number and knew to call her house knowing that her parents weren't supposed to be there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Now it's starting to have some cracks. Yeah, because like she says that they're on their way home. Yes. But they had never gone out of town, right? Correct. And well, for all intents and purposes, yeah. Yeah, so like it it kind of faltered a little bit there, but like I think the whole point of it was to show Cindy being a responsible mom and making sure that they know that their daughter is safe. And it's really not the point because then everybody comes to the house to build the float. Mm-hmm. And they're all outside, and Donna walks up in the really cute short alls, and she's like, this is my new outfit. I can't get it painted. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I wore a specific outfit that can't get painted on while we're painting. But she looks so cute she, in no, the she little overall cute. shorts, and then she had, like, just the her little socks. tool belt with the helmet, or the helmet, hammer. Also, there was a boom mic sighting in the kitchen. Damn it! <laughs> I missed it, and I totally forgot to point the one out that I saw in the last episode during Where was Twin it? Talk. <gasps> oh. Like, wait, no, yeah. I saw that one, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Am I just not seeing them anymore? Like, it was a dark scene. It was a dark so, scene, because there's, like, first, a red room almost. Don't make me I feel better. Was, it's okay. Well, they were sitting at the bottom of the stairs in the Walsh house. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so there's, like, a plant over there, and I was like, damn, that plant is, like, reaching really far <laughs> over their heads. And I was like, oh, oh that's wait. a boom mic. So now you know. My so, disbelief is so suspended that I didn't even catch it at first. Yep. <laughs> so I've been listening to the office ladies. About mm-hmm. the office, right? Mm-hmm. And they talked about a boom mic, and like they were like, "Oh, well, you know, when a boom mic happened in our show, we left it in because that was really supposed to get the whole um, documentary. documentary feel of it." And they were like, "Because in you know any other show, if a boom mic comes in, you do not use that shot." And I was just like, "Challenge! Mm-hmm. You have no idea." You know nothing of Beverly Hills 90210, and it's many a boom mic. Like, it's almost more rare that to we not don't see, see a it. boom mic. Yeah. Like, he might as well be a player, like a full series regular. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Yeah. The boom mic operator does have his SAG card. He's credited, so he just has to, like, dip in to remind <laughs> you he's there. What would have been funny is if David wasn't in the episode, but the boom mic was. Oh, my God. David <laughs> is the boom mic operator. He's constantly <gasps> recording every. This is actually like a the office, a documentary series. <laughs> That David is having. On the series finale, we're going to see at the very end credits, a documentary by David Silver. (laughs) Well, because even in The Office, like, spoiler, if you haven't seen the last season of The Office. Which, come on. I mean, John But also, it's fine. John hasn't seen it, but John also doesn't listen, so this is totally fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, to go on a separate tangent, in my tangent, (laughs) um... Michael just left in our rewatch, and John's been like, oh, well, I guess that's the end of The Office. They never made any other episodes. And so I keep playing it, because I'm like, no, I want to keep watching The Office. And he's like, oh, is this another lost episode of The Office? (laughs) Lost episode (laughs) every single time. It's been uncovered. (laughs) You don't understand. This is bootleg. (laughs) Like, like, never seen before. You can't tell anyone I've pirated this. (laughs) It's just us. I don't um, think anyone else has seen this. <laughs> Let me ask Caitlin. Caitlin, have you seen episode 801? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen 
the two episodes that are still in the season after yeah. Michael leaves. Yes. Which, like, they're the episodes where Dwight becomes acting manager yes. and a gun goes off in the office. Yes, that episode is so good. We watched the episode the other day where Dwight gets his uh, black belt or whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it when he is doing his thing and he goes to Pam and she just, like, gives him a look. And he moves on. <laughs> <laughs> And that's when he becomes the acting regional or whatever manager because his sensei <laughs> tells David Wallace that he's like the most hardworking, like pers- or persistent person he's ever met. It's so sweet. It's just, oh my God, I love that show so much. It's so good. So yeah, in the last season of The Office, when Jim and Pam are like, it's supposed to look like they're struggling in their marriage Ugh. and whatnot. And then I think the boom mic operator is the one that like breaks in and is like, no, I'm tired of just being a bystander. I need yes. to make sure she's okay. And also they had that weird relationship or like he But like that was love. the whole, like they were supposed to show that Jim and mm-hmm. Pam were having troubles. And it was like, mm, fight me. Yes. Because you also don't have the sound because the boom mic operator goes to hug Pam or whatever. But like, yeah, he's been watching her for 10 seasons. Like, he's going to make sure that these people are okay if they're clearly upset. Yeah, he's like in their lives. Because there's a difference between like, I'm thinking of other emotional moments that have happened of like, when Jim asks her on the first date and like, she is like, oh, he's leaving. Like, oh, you know, Jim's really happy. You know, he's okay. He's going to go to New York. Like, that is not the same level of emotion or even the same kind of emotion as that. Right. 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 You know, it's it's way earlier on. It's... Yeah, you don't have the same relationship. She's not so visibly upset. And, like, the other characters on that show don't get that kind of upset. You never see that in anybody else. Well, but I'm also curious if that happened with Pam... Obviously, it was turned into, like, this whole, he's got feelings for her. But I'm also curious, like, moments when, um, I forget her name now, but the farm girl that Dwight dates for oh, a while yeah. and almost gets married to. Um, Not there yet. And oh, how you know upset Angela was. You know how much they focus on her, like, facial reactions and stuff? Mm-hmm. I almost wonder, like, is there footage we just don't see of well, the camera crew or boom mic operator, like, consoling her? Well, and I think her? really, like, the big difference there is how often Angela switches it off so that nobody sees it. Yeah, Like, she still has those emotions, clearly. Yep. But they spend so much time, like, especially with the Angela and Dwight relationship, anytime Mm -hmm. one of them is really hurt by the other, they spend so much time trying to switch it off. Totally. It's it's pretty incredible. The show is amazing. Yeah. Like... Except for a few episodes there after Michael leaves. But that's Boom Mike done right. Yeah, and not also, this. Bet you guys didn't know this was also an office podcast. <laughs> this is an everything podcast. It really is. There is going to be like one day I'm just going to change the picture that we upload. <laughs> people notice. It's just going to be every single show. But like every, it should be everyone that we've ever mentioned. So yep. Gilmore Girls, The grid. Office. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do every now Fluffy. and then. I want to be like pop culture references. 75. <laughs> yeah, it's like 1,720. You guys have only had 30 episodes. And your point? No, no that's just in one episode. <laughs> yeah. In my notes for this episode, I wrote 4343, Gilmore Girls reference number 69. <laughs> nice. Nice. 
But like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a hundred thousand. I was gonna accurate. say I wouldn't be surprised if that's too low. Yeah, right. We <laughs> missed sixty nine. <laughs> Guys, we should just turn this into a TV podcast. We never get anything done. How could we turn in just a general TV podcast? <laughs> We'd be like, today we're doing this episode of this season of this show. Haven't watched anything leading up to it. Good luck. Yeah, but we would so, know everything about it. That would be so fun to do. That would be fun to do. But everyone would hate it. Oh, totally. <laughs> I would hate it because you never know. It's different with songs because you don't have chronological like. Yeah, you can just most times you can just go into. It. You don't need to listen yeah. to a full album or even like a full anthology to get there. Absolutely. But yeah, if we were like, let's do season four, episode two of the <laughs> OC, I'd be like, oh all god. right, I'll be there in six weeks after I finish the OC. Oh my god, that would be hilarious though. I think we got a new listener. I, we had a new <laughs> We got a new listener. Just one. <laughs> just one. Just one. Hi. <laughs> yeah. <She's> Hi. Just... <laughs> Other listeners, say hello to your new friend, <laughs> Caitlin's coworker. <laughs> uh, we can rein him back in. Anyway, um, the float. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm trying yeah. to catch up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So. No, we were there. We were, we were at the float. Yep. And this is when Emily comes out of the house wearing Brandon's favorite shirt. And he is just like, whatever. Bitch, no, you didn't. But like at first he's like, whatever. Like I would have freaked out and been like, well, oh, no, no, Brenda's change. the one that is just like, uh, excuse me. Yes. What is she doing? Yes. Which yeah, because she's would like, have been me. Yeah, she's like, no, that's his favorite shirt. He's not going to let anybody wear it. Da, 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 da. And Brandon is talking to Steve. Um, because Dylan, Dylan is like right all up on Brent, Brenda, and yeah. she's like, my parents are right there, and oh, that's he's right. like, but pinchy, pinchy. I mean, they were hot and heavy for each other. The whole, which well, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But um, but he does end up talking to Dylan though. Yeah, because he's like, oh, she won't leave me alone. This, mm-hmm. this, and this. Because that's when he goes up to her, and he's like, between me and Brenda, we must have four dozen t-shirts and sweatshirts. And I was like. Between the two of you, you have 48 shirts. No. Yeah, I would have 48 shirts by myself. I was going to say. T-shirts. Like, I easily have like 200 (laughs) shirts. I didn't even think of like. Challenge me. But also I didn't think of four dozen being 48. Like when I I heard. not do that math. When I heard four dozen, I was like, damn, that's a lot of shirts. No, it's 48 (laughs) shirts between two people. I know. I didn't even. It didn't. It didn't hit me. Each get twenty four. <laughs> you have enough for most of the month, right? Then you won't let them. Have <laughs> the limit is twenty four. One comes in, you got to take one out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why this is so funny. <laughs> Probably because the math. We didn't even think about it. But here I was it's only forty eight. I was. I was like, I have forty eight shirts in my hamper right now. Right? Like, do you come remember on. that meme that came out not too long ago? That was like. T-shirts I have, a hundred. T-shirts I'm willing to give up, zero. <laughs> and that is me. Like you look well, like, at, I had true. to Marie Kondo my T-shirt drawer. I refuse. I had to. No, but every shirt gave me joy. <laughs> That's the problem. I had to organize it so they'd all fit in one drawer. Anyway, where were we? Uh, Emily Still wearing the float. Sh- <laughs> Brandon only has twenty-four shirts. <laughs> Oh, yes. Okay, but no, that's 48 shirts between the two. So what if Brenda has like 40 shirts? And Brandon has eight because that would be on brand for boy versus girl. Or they both have 24 shirts, but Brenda has 48 because she just wears all of Brandon's shirts. Fair. That's it. That's it. Yep. Especially the green one. 
the green. Oh, she looks so now. good in green. Yes. She does look great, good in green. But yeah, Emily comes out wearing this shirt and Brandon's like, uh, I don't understand. And then, oh, because that's when she like leans up against the float wearing the shirt and basically tells Andrea like, oh yeah, he invited me to stay over last night and uh, yes. things got really hot and heavy or whatever she says. And Andrea is just like, girl, what? Yeah. And I'm just like, why are you lying? And she's like, girl, bye. She's like, I'm not going to listen to this. This is, mm-mm. We're not friends, and I know what you're doing. Well, and the thing is, I was like, Andrea is an investigative journalist. <laughs> Do not lie to her. <laughs> she will look into this. She will, she will uncover your lies. She is just like, mm, that doesn't sound like the Brandon I know. Mm-hmm. He's a horn dog, but he knows when to put it away. Yep. <laughs> That's all so, I have to say about that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, Brandon Walsh, regular guy. Which is what basically Dylan says. Because, like, he's like, he goes over to Dylan. He's like... I, I think Dylan says something like, I thought you broke up with her or like something to that effect. And then they're just talking about it. And basically Dylan calls him out for being like, I almost wanted him to say like white knight. Oh yeah. Something to that effect. Because that's essentially what he was doing, right? Like he mm-hmm. was trying to be like, yeah, you're the reason you're not making it clear to her that you're done is because you're this stereotypical nice guy who can't just like I know, break someone's heart. being too nice to her. Yeah. Which like... You know, again, with the stalker thing, they say if you have a stalker, you don't talk – like, you don't give them anything because if someone actually has, like, this mental illness and is stalking you, like, they're taking literally anything you give them. Right. Exactly. Any – like, any reaction is a good reaction to somebody that feels like a stalker. Well, and then, I mean, I feel like even at some point, if you say no to them, they're like, oh, they're saying no because they can't, not because they don't want to. Correct. So, like – but – Brandon needs to just, like, shut this off. And it gets me that Brandon doesn't want to be mean to her because he doesn't want to, like, isolate her from everyone. And I just want to be like, there are, like, a thousand people at your school. Yeah. Just because she's not friends with the eight or so of you. like. Well, and, I mean, just to advocate for Brandon real quick. Because, like, I do feel like sometimes Brandon is a bit of a people pleaser because he doesn't want people to think negatively of him. And so I can kind of relate to that. I'm... Hella yeah, I mean, I don't want him to be mean to her. I just think yeah. he's giving himself too much credit. Well, that's the part that gets me. Totally. But I also think this is kind of the part where it's like to the people pleasers detriment where it's like, okay, yeah, you can still be nice to a person and be honest. You don't just because you're being honest with somebody doesn't mean you're hurting them or just because you're hurting them doesn't mean what you're saying is mean. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like he could be like, no, Emily, look, we need to spend time apart. I want to break up with you. We are going to break up and we cannot be friends. He doesn't have to say like, we can be friends. He doesn't have to be mean about it. He doesn't have to leave that. Like, I'm going to shut this door, but I'm going to open this teeny little crack. Right. But you like might be able to slide some crazy letter into or like exactly. you know get back into my house like he needs to just it's shut the door break. and yeah. it doesn't have to be mean no absolutely not and I think that's where sometimes people like myself get into trouble because I I don't like hurting people's feelings whether my intent is there or not and that's to my detriment which is I think kind of Brandon's issue in this whole episode is that he just doesn't want to be mean but he doesn't even want to sound mean or he doesn't yeah. even want her to think that he's hurting her or something like that. He's being very passive yeah. yes. throughout this entire episode up until he 
he just skips assertive and goes straight to aggressive later. Well, and he is, goes straight to in-your-face Brandon, yeah. which that was what got me at the beginning of the episode. He's like, I'm not an in-your-face kind of guy. And I was like, like dude, mm, yeah, you are. You are. And then that he proves it later on. Oh, I heard that. I know. <laughs> you, like, looked at me. You're like, did, did you, you get it? <laughs> yeah. I it's, feel like I missed something. It's all I said She was, said it's on, it's his Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I got to get those puns in like every once in a while, but sometimes I don't know if it's going to be funny. You don't, you're just like, <laughs> maybe it just will it'll just hurt sit it. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll sit there. If it's heard, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, did you hear that? Let us know. <laughs> Send us, us an email. <laughs> um, okay, um, so at this point, though, Emily, like, kind of, she puts on the facade that she's accepting this, right? Like, she's like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm sorry. What I've been doing is wrong, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, sure, I get this now. But, like, this is the part where, like, Brandon and Brenda are sitting at the table doing homework or, you know, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then Jim walks in and there is the hang up. Yes. And he's like, hello? 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 <laughs> I'm here. Let me turn off the. M- oh my God. Are you there? <laughs> it's me, Jim. <laughs> Big Jimbo. Or what is it? <laughs> I think it's Big Jimbo. Oh God. And then. Yeah, nobody's there, so he hangs up, and then he looks down at the machine, and there are 16 messages, and he starts playing them, and Emily is just like, I love to watch your hair blowing in the breeze. I love your butt. I love touching your body with my fingers. (laughs) I like when your fingers touch my body. Do you remember that time I made a euphemism about our lockers? Yeah. Yeah, and all of this stuff (laughs) is happening, and Brandon just like, hits the button is like i think we're done here and dad's like no no 15 more (laughs) i really wish you just press play how funny would that have been no no you will listen (laughs) makes eye contact with him the whole time (laughs) brandon i just really want your books back in my locker (laughs) i do this because i love you son next (laughs) you'll thank me later (laughs) click I really wanted the messages to get, like, more and more sinister as they went on. Like, start, like, really lovey and just get super angry and dark. And the thing is, like, I feel like they wanted to do this fatal attraction thing. And Mm -hmm. they really just didn't take it to the level they could have. I mean, even... At the end, when she's destroying the float, I was like, we could have done more here. Like, she, it felt very, like, not angry enough Hmm. as she was destroying it. Yeah. Like, I feel like they were relying too much on the violin music to make her sound angry. Yes. But, like, she should have been, like, tearing at her hair and, like, Mm -hmm. throwing the paint versus just, like, crying. Yeah. Like, profusely. Noise. There should have been something i needed some avril lavigne music video yeah like i needed her to punch a mirror yeah or it's the early 90s we're still going nirvana and alanis morissette that's true but alanis would have been perfect alanis like alanis would like destroy her vocal cords screaming about especially with emily's image right like she is that kind of rocker girl that's what i mean like there's like she should have been kicking shit and screaming and throwing not just I mean, pulling it down like i feel eyeliner like eyeliner and makeup all down her face that's she looked too pretty mm-hmm. when she was done she's too, and quote i quote unquote normal well and if brandon or brandon if dylan's gonna be like oh she's whacked out or whatever he says like she actually needs to look yeah like they need to like ex- over exaggerate they, that. they needed to take it 
too far. Set yeah. like, the fire. <laughs> Burn Light the shit it. down. Burn it down. Burn it all down. <laughs> I do yeah. kind of wish they would have, but I get well, why they didn't. Because, like, yeah, I mean, that would have taken probably more money than they dedicate to any yeah. of these episodes. Because you don't set fires in California. Well, mm. a lot of – all of this is true. Because, yeah, like, the – this is when they get the letter saying that they want to burn the school down. And if people get trapped inside, then oops, oh my God. And Brandon mm-hmm. wants to take it to the police. And, Which is you know, smart. Emily is starting to give her stuff away and like wanting to leave the newspaper and all of this stuff. And like, you should have seen like the um, messages mm-hmm. get more elevated. Mm-hmm. Like the hangups are happening really frequently. But even in that part when Steve's coming over and having dinner and the hangups are happening repeatedly over and mm-hmm. over and over again and nobody is letting Brandon answer the phone. Yeah. Which I think – I don't know if they did it. That. No. See, I don't know if they did it on purpose. I like that they didn't let him answer the phone. Oh, really? Because then she would have just wanted to hear him. And like they – I feel like they were thinking if he never comes to the phone – Maybe she'll stop or, you know, whatever. Sure. It's, yeah. It, it I goes back both to, sides. It goes back to the whole stalker thing of, like, do not give them anything. Yeah, yeah. No, You cannot fair. let them hear Brandon. You cannot let her hear Brandon's voice. Right. Um, But, like, when they do the hangups and then Steve is like, no, 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 I got this and starts pretending <laughs> oh to be God. the pizzeria. Which was amazing. Loved. But <laughs> what I really wanted was, like, obviously it was her doing the phone calls. Yeah. I wanted her to like hang up the phone mm-hmm. and like angry. Like show and just, her. Like, Not just show the washes. Show her hanging up the phone angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I needed more emotion more out angst. of it. Because it was there. You were supposed to yeah. understand all this stuff. You're supposed to be scared that she's about to set something on fire yeah. with her on it and covered in gasoline. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to feel all of these things, and I feel like they kind of, you they know, dampened it a little. They dampened it mm-hmm. because they were relying on other things. Because that's when Brenda and Dylan went to the second violin concert, and it's the woman like getting really into the music, and they're doing the jump cuts between that and Emily, mm-hmm. and that and Emily, and that and Emily. Mm-hmm. Which and, is, I mean, it's a decent way to show. Oh yeah, the I liked it. I, it kind of gave me a headache for a second with like how fast it was going. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I did like it. I just thought like I wanted to see screaming and yelling right. and like Emily kept her voice very flat the whole time she was talking. Yeah. And like I think she should have been a lot more animated. And then when she goes inside to talk to the Walshes, like just down. Yeah. And like I, I do know. think that was a missed opportunity mm-hmm. for sure. And even without all of that, the only thing I was going to say to that is if you didn't, and this is a reference to like audience as well as characters, if you didn't realize this was Emily and like that she seriously needed help before you should have realized it when she started giving away her things, because that is like a textbook sign of somebody who's in trouble, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we had that in the suicide episode with Roger Nazarian. Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, you like this car? I'll leave it to you in my will. Yeah. Yeah. And like, here's my Dodgers tickets. I'm not going to need them. Exactly. So. Yeah. But I mean, there's like a lot of stuff that really starts to fall apart at this part of the episode. Like Jim is yelling at Brandon for Emily calling them too much. And I was like, are you getting mad at him for dating a girl? Like, yeah. how is he supposed to know? Sure. And then they call her a hardcore stoner. And it was like... Which I was like, what? That seemed out of left field. 
And, like, no well, one's supposed to know that she does a ton of drugs. That right. was Brenda who said that. Though. Okay, oh, so Brenda oh, would oh, know. Oh, oh. Yeah, Brenda was talking about her tone of voice when she was like, gosh, I miss just touching your skin and oh, feeling your right, 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 skin right. And this my is, skin. this is after <laughs> she had, like, washed and dried and pressed and all that stuff Brandon's shirt and then left the cake. And then cake. Brenda's like, it's probably dosed with euphoria. And I was like, yep, she's going to drug your entire family. She's going to spend $25 Smart. a, like, pill or whatever just to put it in your cake. She did have leftovers. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, True. This and is the whole, like, there's drugs in the Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. No one is putting drugs in your Halloween candy. They're keeping the drugs for themselves. I wish <laughs> they would put drugs in my Halloween candy. <laughs> I know. Every time I was like, unwrapped candy has drugs in it? Yeah. Fun drugs? Fun drugs. <laughs> but yeah, like, no, she is not lacing a cake with euphoria. She's not accidentally going to drug. And like, what is that going to get for her? Like, right. Like, okay, maybe he's under the influence, but she's nowhere to be found. So. He really hated when I drugged him last time. I better drug his entire family. Yeah, right. Like, even if your, you know, thinking goes off. Like, this is where I realize, like, the people writing this episode do not understand what they're writing because none of this makes sense. And I don't even think this really makes sense for Brenda to say it. And, like, it. It bothered me how many times they would say, like, oh, she's a hardcore stoner when, like, clearly they were getting to the point that she has mental illness. Like, she has mental health issues that she has to deal with, and trying to call it a drug problem does not seem like something Brenda would do. Well, and I think it would have made more sense had it been earlier in the episode than right now, because right now we're seeing the warning signs, and not just as, like, we think this might be Emily. No, at this point, you know it's Emily doing the messages. You know she's doing the hangups. You know she's doing all these things. So at this point, you know, okay, there's a serious problem. Whereas before, you could have been, like, Brenda could have blamed it on the drugs because she'd already done it. And that's all Bre- uh, all Brenda knew about Emily. Just, you know what I mean? I mean, I still think it's out of character, but it would have made more sense had this been earlier in the episode. Well, and I still feel it's too drugs are bad yeah, to well, say yeah. like all of this is really I saw her do drugs once. once. Therefore, mm-hmm. she is a drug addict. Sure. And yeah, the whole line is problematic, but in the context of the fact that this was 1992 and it was during the whole drug movement or whatever and, it was. Yeah, it's the war on drugs. That's what it, yeah. Yeah. Then it makes sense, but just not in the timeline of the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I feel like – so this is the part after all of this has happened and she leaves the cake there. Mm-hmm. That's when she brings the typewriter and yep. Andre's like, oh, I can't accept this. And they have the most on-screen time that they have ever had together. Mm-hmm. And alone. Yeah. they've never been alone together. No, I was like, this is actually something that I've really been craving that I didn't realize I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sad that I know Emily is not going to be as featured – anymore no you're right because this was her this was a emily apart from another boy yeah it's just emily apart from another boy namely brandon but we we've gotten a few episodes where andrea has female friends and Mm -hmm. only female friends and we don't have to worry about brandon being there but we rarely see emily like we got that in the first episode with Mm -hmm. hello day yep but then, I mean, she immediately dated Brandon and Dylan, mm-hmm. and all of that fell apart. Yeah, her identity has been... It's always been wrapped around boys, mm-hmm. because even the relationship she has with all these people in the gang mm-hmm. is because of Brandon. Exactly. Because, like, if you think back to that first episode, when Brenda flipped her shit on her, like, 
why would Emily stick around? Mm -hmm. And if she had gone to talk to anybody else and not date Brandon, she wouldn't be there. Nobody would care. Honestly, I forgot she went on a date with Dylan until the they bring it up at the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean that's I I want to talk about the whole Emily timeline at some point. So <laughs> we will get there cuz this is she gives it the typewriter away and then they all get together to take the picture in front of the float and it's like three two and then she leans in and tries to give Brandon a hickey and mm -hmm. like it's all up in his neck and I'm like that's horrible timing I don't know what you were planning there but that's when Brandon becomes the Brandon that we know and tolerate <laughs> Hulk Brandon shows up in your face Brandon shows up <laughs> yeah. and just starts screaming at her mm -hmm. in front of everyone rage Brandon and raged in and then she says, which confused me a lot, like, everyone called me a slut when I got here, but I didn't, you made me feel like a slut. Mm. Which, I, yeah, I didn't really understand it either because I didn't see Brandon's behavior making her feel like I a slut. I feel like Mary knows. I kind of get it because Brenda was like, you're such a hoe. You went on a date with one guy one night and another guy another night. Yeah. But, but she didn't feel like a slut because she didn't, she knew she didn't do anything wrong, whatever. But then Emily goes into Brandon's bed or whatever, and he starts to kiss her and then is like, nope, can't make love with you because I don't love you. Oh, so it's more and the the fact that it's he It's more that like she put herself mighty. out there and she said no. Well, but or, also because his reaction was not just that I'm not going to have sex with you because like we're not in the right space and we're not together, but more because I only have sex with people I'm in love with. Making her feel like she only has sex with people because she just does. I is that like what you're saying? She's saying, like, what she's feeling is rejection, and the rejection is making her feel like she's slutty because she's reaching out for physical affection. Yeah. Okay. That's how I feel. I mean, I can, I, can, I can totally understand your viewpoint. Yeah, I mean, I am open to interpretation here because mm -hmm. I just didn't get it, and I was like, I don't... Like, I get being really hurt by the rejection because you yeah. put yourself out there and that is totally. a very emotionally vulnerable space mm -hmm. and you're going to feel raw and exposed and, you know, all these bad words, but you didn't have sex with him and then he said he didn't love you. You didn't, I don't think you went farther than you were comfortable with. That's true. Uh, like, it just confused me. Like, I'm not saying yeah. anything. Yeah. I just, I mean, it confused me. My explanation is definitely a stretch. But that's I don't think it's called awesome. a stretch. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a stretch. I just think it's just a matter of like yeah. different perspectives, right? Yeah, like, I feel like I'm just like reaching for an explanation, and that's what I came up with. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing is, I feel like we we want to give the writers more credit than they deserve. Sure, but I am yeah. more okay with us giving explanations to things than mm -hmm. just saying like, "Well, they wrote that for her to give her some sort of dramatic line." And it didn't have any meaning. But I also think it's totally okay to say, yeah, she probably could have felt that in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it be okay. And we're also questioning, you know, like it's it's okay for both, right? Like it's okay to think, yeah, she probably felt that. And it's okay to think, well, I don't really know how she felt that because that's totally okay in this world. Like, Well, and <laughs> I, I mostly just worried that they put it in there not for Emily and her mm -hmm. character development, but to make her say something really dramatic and to walk away and sure. to make Brandon want to walk after her and comfort her and them stopping him. And that means more for Brandon oh, yeah. than it did yeah. for – Like that's yeah. what worried me about it. It was like I don't understand mm -hmm. that, but I understand 
that Brandon's like, oh my God, I yelled at her and she mm-hmm. just had this really dramatic speech. I must go to her. And then right. they stop him and now he feels bad. Well, and I think to your point, which I totally absolutely see, is because Emily has a short timeline here on this show, it <coughs> technically doesn't matter what we think about her, right? Like, obviously for us, we definitely care. But in the grand scheme of things for the audience... It matters more for Brandon. Absolutely. Because he's, he's the, the lead. lead. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because this is the part, you know, they do all this stuff, they have the really awkward photo that doesn't work out, and then they go home, and they're telling Cindy and Jim about it, and Cindy's trying so hard to feel bad mm-hmm. for Emily because she doesn't know about the drugs and right. all that stuff. And she's like, well, at least you didn't say that to her in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Cringy. Mm. Also, I really want to know about Emily's home life. Oh, me too. Like, I am so sad we never got to go see her house and her parents and her sisters Mm -hmm. and all of that. Totally. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. That just happened to be in my notes at this point. Because this is the time where Andrea comes rushing into the house and says, like, here are all these letters. They were written on Emily's typewriter. And then Cindy's like, let me see those. <laughs> like, I'm going to diagnose this. I know typewriters. I really wanted there to be, like, an explanation as to how Andrea found out it was the same typewriter that wrote it. Like, the G key jam, yes. and it doesn't punch all the way. And so it's, like, oh, a lighter yeah. ink color than the yeah, rest of Yeah, I was, you know, writing an editor's note, and I was typing on the typewriter. And then when I pulled it up, I just happened to notice that they're on the same typewriter. You know what I noticed about all these letters? There are no Gs. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the thing, though. Like, again, a classic case of this show spends way too much time on a 45-second intro of just watching people walk around the school. Well, and a B-plot that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and not enough on stuff that, like, is really interesting. Yeah, I I genuinely feel like they did not give Emily the time that she deserved to build this out. Like, I honestly think they introduced her and then... Like, a couple episodes later is when they decided that they were going to have a really dramatic breakup and she was going to go crazy, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Because, like, I tried to think back to all of the episodes we've had with Emily and I was like, I I feel like you should have put some sort of hint in there if you were really trying to say that she has borderline personality disorder. Right. Yeah. And, <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Why does she have to be mentally ill? Why can't she just be a messy bitch that lives for drama? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's... I mean, think about like whole I'm other. To think thing. of another. I mean, character in television, but like, even think of gossip. Did you guys watch Gossip Girl? I know. Please. Okay. Okay. Even them, they were not mentally ill. They, they just freaking love the drama. Blair Waldorf. I was gonna say, think of Blair and Chuck. <laughs> freaking Blair Waldorf loved the drama. Yeah, because until she fell for Chuck. I was gonna say Blair and Chuck's whole relationship is built on. Like, creating the drama, causing chaos, existing within the drama until she cuts it off. Absolutely. Because she's tired of being a messy bitch. Exactly. I mean, Jenny Humphrey, need we say less? More? (laughs) (laughs) We do need to say less about Jenny Humphrey. I'm over Jenny Humphrey. No, Lil J should have been Gossip Girl. I stand by that forever and ever. I just hate that Dan Humphreys was Gossip Girl. So somebody came out, the Gossip Girl showrunner that quit the show after, like, I don't know, the fourth season or something like that. He said that Nate should have been... Go- he w- he intended for Nate to have Ooh. been Gossip Girl. Which, it makes sense because he never sent in a tip to Gossip Girl. Hmm. 
Yep. Think I feel about like I want that one. Chew like, on that. <laughs> I feel like I really want to watch Gossip Girl again. That was a good it. one. It was so good. Was I hated really it. Good one. Oh, actually, when I did it, let's talk about it. I and we can, it. we can, we <laughs> can. Another Don't show. Don't leave me out. <laughs> another podcast? Could we? We could. We could do. Like, you guys, what's listeners. What's school called? Um, I was going to Chilton. Know. No, <laughs> that's not right. Another Gilmore, Gilmore Girls reference number 70. Back to preppy New York school. Upper East Side. Hey, Upper East Side. It's Gossip Girl. <laughs> XOXO, back to. <gasps> so bad. Oh. Cindy knows. My next note is, I guess Emily was right about the person slashing her tire being the same person as the one writing the letters. Ha! I mean, thank you, Mary. Ariel looks <laughs> into the camera. <laughs> like, but yeah, homegirl was right on the nose with that one. But yeah, because that's when she's like, oh, she wrote these letters. I think she has borderline personality disorder. We have to find her. And yep. Cindy is like, we're going to go tell her parents. Which, cool, Cindy. Good idea. Not now. <laughs> well, I guess the thing is, like, Cindy is literally like, this is what parents do. This is literally all we have. And she's not totally wrong. I mean, parents have their own networks of other parents. Parents just don't understand. Will Smith. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Cindy's right. Like, you gotta call her mom. Yeah, but I'm like, go get Emily first. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's my like, only thing. Like, this yeah, is, tell the parents. So, yes. Like, this is what gets me is then you see Emily destroying the float in their driveway. That's and I'm just I'm like, saying. y'all are freaking out. And she's outside. She's 10 feet away. Like, what are y'all doing? And you don't anymore? hear her destroying that's the float, which is what bothers me. Yeah. It bothered me, too. What bothered me about that is because it really seemed like Jim and Cindy were, like, going to be on their way out the door to mm-hmm. go talk to Emily's parents. And they were the ones who should have found her outside about to set Not- fire to a float not but, two other children well yes. and the thing is i like the only reason i can see them being like it's got to be brenda because brenda and her had the big showdown right before hello day sure because of dylan and she'd be like you never liked me brenda and like it's brenda should have been like i didn't yeah, but you right but that doesn't matter right now yeah that's not what's important here and like i mean when they have twin talk later and she's like i told her she'd always have two friends in beverly hills i was like I hate everything. And doesn't Don't the sh- lie. It, it yeah. all gets wrapped Don't be up fake. in this neat little bow. And I was like, yeah, because doesn't the episode end right there? That Yeah, the twin talk is the very last thing that happens because, like, they come back and Dylan is like, don't go near her. She's whacked out. It's all covered in gasoline. And then Brenda talks her down from lighting everything on fire. And then they go back inside and that's when Emily – apologizes to Brandon and makes all the comments of like, I'm sorry I lied about slashing my tires and I'm sorry that I wrote all the letters and I'm sorry that I drugged you. And that's when Jim and Cindy literally should have exploded into a million pieces. <laughs> yeah. Like just gone. Um, and then all of that. And then she's like, I just need help. And Which then, is true. Yeah. And I, I was glad that she was the one that said that, but then they do a whole thing afterwards where they say that they talk to Emily's mom and she has been seeing a therapist, but like every time they move, she'd have to start over in therapy because I don't think like phone call versions of therapy, like I don't think that would have happened. I think they would have just moved her from 
Cleveland to San Francisco or whatever they did mm. and then been like, all right, find a new therapist. Six months later, we're going to move you to a new one. Right. It sounds like she's, I mean, I don't know if we ever knew, but was she an army brat or something? No, her, her dad, dad is a journalist. Oh, the, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What bothered me about that is they said that she's been seeing a psychiatrist, which implies that she's been on medication. I was going right. to say, I yeah. think I just like retconned it in my own head to therapist. Yeah, I wish mm-hmm. it was therapy. Yeah, because like, that would have been different. Because then at least she would have been talking to somebody as opposed to like this situation just gets sadder when they say, oh, well, she's been seeing a psychiatrist for on and off since forever. So she's been on and off pills since forever. I was going to say, that's a good point because, yeah, I – it's just different. I mean, because psychiatrists, like, that's kind of the double-edged sword because they are trained, obviously, in the – and counseling and therapy and things like that, but they're also able to write prescriptions, which is sometimes like the quote unquote answer, according to them, is to just give you medicine to help control behavior or hormones or whatever. Yeah. And Whereas like, truthfully, I was going to say, it doesn't seem like anybody has really gone into the deeper roots with Emily because I exactly. think if they had been able to figure out this idea that, you know, Obviously, I am just making this up because they don't really tell us anything at this point. But the idea that all of this moving and the fact that Emily is not able to really build close personal relationships with people and therefore she's craving and as soon as somebody rejects her is when she gets, you know, this... It's like overly attached. Yeah, all of this, like, I think if somebody had been able to get down to that, they could have talked to her and, like better handle these situations and she wouldn't be trying to burn down a float. And she yeah. could cope better. Yeah. It, yeah. She needs yeah. some coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and she needs some self-soothing techniques. Yeah. And she needs somebody to tell her, like, to just... She needs somebody to talk to her to, like, help her adjust her thinking and her thought patterns so she doesn't behave in ways that would, mm-hmm. make people call her crazy. Yeah, and they say it's like more behavioral issues than hormonal issues. Like mm -hmm. it's not chemicals in your brain. It's more the behavior that you've been conditioned to because of your situation. Well, and maybe it has something to do with chemicals, but I feel like that is something that you deal with after you understand the behavior. Exactly. That's, That's the whole point. It's like, don't just throw medicine at me. Let's like actually figure out what the problem is and how we can manage it. Yeah, so, like, that's the thing, is I feel like this episode basically tried to do something, did it terribly, (laughs) and then, truthfully, like, they could have just done so much more, and I always try and say, like, oh, this was 1991, but, like, Mm -hmm. no, this was, this was not a great percent. It was just poorly executed. It was literally, I saw the movie Fatal Attraction before I walked into the writer's room and I, as a (laughs) man, thought I could write this episode. So, I haven't seen Fatal Attraction, but I know Glenn Close is in it and Mm -hmm. she's the quote-unquote crazy person in that movie. It Was that a borderline personality disorder situation? No. Or, because I found it really interesting because, like, the first... Um, I guess my first exposure to a character or anything with borderline personality disorder was the movie Girl Interrupted, which came out in 1999. The memoir that movie's based on didn't come out till 1993. So, and that's like the only, I guess, main pop culture um, thing that I know of that explores borderline personality disorder. 
So I just found that interesting. So I was just wondering about. So it's, yeah. I also have not seen the movie, but I mean, the thing is a married man has an affair, a one night stand mm-hmm. with a woman, and then she shows up back in his life to stalk him because she's obsessed with him and he has to deal with this. And they've done it several times because there's yeah. the Beyonce movie. Yeah. Um, and that one's called Obsession. And then there was Larder. Fear is technically a take on Fatal Attraction. And uh, even swim with Swim Fan. Yeah, Swim Fan. And even in a stretch, uh, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, which is with like Luke yeah. Wilson and um, Uma. Yep, Uma Thurman. I mean, that's a stretch because obviously there's like superhero characteristics, but that's still sort of a Fatal Attraction. So I'm interested as to why they brought that specific diagnosis into this at all. I think maybe to not to be a little bit more original, maybe. I guess so. And it also really bothered me that Andrea just kind of diagnosed her. Well, because yeah. she's supposed to be the smart one. But and the most connected because of the rap line and all that jazz. Yeah, indeed, but she's not a doctor. <laughs> well, no, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. It is not correct for a child. I remember I have this memory that I replay in my head a lot for some reason. But when I was like in I want to say first grade, which this is a long way back, but in first grade, I was placed in like the gifted program or whatever in our school. So it was like, you know, the higher whatever learning. And one week we were learning about bones and stuff in the body. And I learned about the like ulna and the radius in the arm. Mm -hmm. Literally that week, a kid in my class falls off of the swing set or or some playground equipment and breaks his arm. Instead of me being like, oh, yeah, oh, no, we should get the nurse. I'm like, oh, it looks like that's his radius or something stupid. You guys don't realize how often that replays in my head (laughs) from first grade. But it's another case of like someone not showing like someone who's not (laughs) – really supposed to be diagnosing being like oh yeah that's the problem yeah so honestly i'm kind of a pot calling andrea the kettle black because i look at people all the time and celebrities and analyze their behavior and i'm just like you're mentally ill (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i mean i think there's a difference between armchair psychology and like making a movie in Hollywood and saying this is a classic case of borderline personality disorder Sure. because the first when you search fatal attraction borderline personality disorder the first google thing that popped up was psychology today being like yes this is what everybody says is like the cornerstone of borderline personality disorder in Hollywood but mm. mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like Yes, they say apparently that she is supposed to have borderline personality disorder in that movie, but it's not a good representation. Okay. Speaking of Patreon. (laughs) Interesting. That was from several minutes ago. Let's continue. (laughs) We're going to do Fatal Attraction and we're going to charge you for it. Oh, that's a lie. I'm probably not going to charge you for it. Watch out. Money, please. (laughs) Money, please. Write that down. (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) Pop culture reference number 1000. Oh, I was writing fatal attraction. Money, please. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate, though. (laughs) Almost spit out my white claw. Oh, girl. Now I have to charge you to get my white claw back. (laughs) That's right. We can't have wasted white claw. Or can we? (laughs) It's no. cheap. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, that's basically the end of it because like they have Weird Twin Talk. I was very concerned that Weird Twin Talk was going to end in a mouth kiss, not a cheek <laughs> kiss. <laughs> Tell did me I'm wrong. Just the did, mouth kiss. Did they kiss? Yeah, he kisses her cheek. Ew, why? Yikes. God, I'm so glad that I look away from the screen <laughs> just to write stuff down yeah. as often as I do. I haven't looked at my notes in at least 10 minutes, and I clearly did not realize that they kissed. No, literally, I really expected Twin Talk to end in a mouth kiss. Mm. And then complaints about the episode, and that's the end of my notes. Mm. Can I read you the end of my notes? Yes. Emily doesn't set everything on fire. Emily apologizes and confesses all the crazy shit she did. Brandon tells Emily she needs to get some help. Emily agrees. R.I.P. The float. The float. Oh. Yeah. Mine is pointless B-plot. I really wish we had seen Emily's house and parents. Mm. Let me see if I had any like noteworthy notes to end it. Because I think I said, yep, just this talk between Emily and Brenda is weird. That was my last note. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I stopped taking notes. <laughs> you just kind of like <laughs> black out at the end of the episode. No idea what no, happened. No, I, I swear to God, the party fish episode, I blacked out before <laughs> they went down to the beach. And I do not know how that episode, like you guys told me how that episode yeah, ended. And I was like, Brandon wore a hat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not just any old hat. I don't remember what kind of hat. <laughs> Not just any old hat. But it wasn't a fedora. A it hat. That was camping. Was it a beret? It. No, it was like a drug beanie. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Mary's like, huh? <laughs> so that was like on the beach when they were looking for the Grunion, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was I don't party remember fish. him I, wearing a hat. I think oh, he wore oh, a hat. Oh, someone had like, a hat. No, because it was like a, yeah, because it was like a hat for like winter weather and it was the beach in the summer. It was it was a lot, but like I remember you guys talking, and I was like, "I'm gonna pretend I knew we were at the beach." <laughs> yeah, cool. So yeah, the episode basically just ends this yeah. one. And speaking yeah. of pointless B plot, yeah. Oh right, we didn't even talk about that. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dildo were in this episode, <laughs> and they were horny. I would say Dildo was horny. Brenda's like, "Let's be less horny." Or, Let's yeah. make out less. And Dylan's like, Why? We gonna fuck? Yeah. And <laughs> Brenda's like, No, we gonna be cultured. Yeah. Which I'm like, How is that the opposite of making out? Well, it it was definitely a high school student reach. That's true. Like, that That's was true. them being like, No, no, we have to be civilized adults. We have to do things outside of the making out. Yeah. So they go see a string quartet. <laughs> And somehow that turns them on. That's what I thought. I was like, man, what's going on? Is it like the herky-jerky? Like, <laughs> like, like, what is going on? That like, If you could have only seen the hand motion. <laughs> another the violin. Pop, like, another pop culture reference. If you've ever seen the episode of Buffy Hush, where she does the staking hand movement. Not have I seen. Well... <laughs> I just yoded on that one. Sorry. <laughs> That's another about God. We are so God. Bad. Marrying me, you will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they get super <laughs> horny during a string quartet. And then Brenda's like, oh, my God, we were so horny during a string quartet. And Kelly's just like, I mean, duh, you were. Yeah. And then Kelly mentions how she was a stalker in eighth grade and then got oh, grounded yeah. for it and decided not to be a stalker anymore. And I was just like. <laughs> 
okay, good times. Cool, bye. Yeah, thanks. And then Donna's just standing there. She never says a single word at that point. All she did was show her cute outfit, so. That's literally, like, she was as useful as David was in this episode. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, so all of that happens, and they're like, oh, no, we're going to go see another uh, another violinist, and it's going to be better this time. And it is, because it's just one woman playing the violin, and Brenda is, like, enraptured with her, and Dylan even like, reaches for her hand and does the, like, sultry, like, fingers rubbing on your hand that, like, you give me... Yeah. I was like... <laughs> he did a cute thing where he, like, reached over and grabbed her hand and just brought it up and kissed it gently. Well, girl, the thing that, is, like... Okay. He was... he was, was opera appropriate. Well, yeah. Okay, so the way I read it was he was, like, doing the whole, like, fingers rubbing your hand and then, like, taking your hand up to his mouth to kiss to be, like kissing pay attention and then he looks over and sees how into it brenda is and gives her this look of like you're so happy right now that i'm happy and see i read that scene entirely different i like my reading better no no no, but not (laughs) not in a bad way not a bad way just more like brenda is doing everything she can to stare at the performance because everything dylan's doing is like this is making it worse i was just but i have to stick to this that's how I read it. Mm-mm. Maybe I saw that it as like a projection. Being... Who knows? <laughs> you horny, Caitlin? Girl, not now. <laughs> <laughs> then. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyway. that's literally it. That's it. Yeah, that's all that happened. That was... The only like, point to that subplot was to make them come back from an, a string quartet or whatever to catch Emily yeah, separately but like yeah anybody could have done that Anyone there was no point why not Jim and Cindy well, yeah they, they keep insisting on having a b-plot and I don't understand it's not always necessary less b-plots more fire <laughs> Mary is team fire team fire I am team Dilda Mary is team fire yes burn this shit down <laughs> which Brings us to the grades, which I failed to grade this episode. <laughs> I I don't actually give it an F, but I want to give it an F for fire. Mm. I give it an F for fire. You could give it a B for bonfire. <laughs> no. No? I can't give it a B. F oh. for float. <laughs> I give it a C for conflagration. Oh, that's a word. That's beautiful. <laughs> You're welcome. C minus. Ooh, I don't know what I give it though. Talk mm. through it. So highlights, lowlights. It was a pretty fun episode in the sense that there was some mystery involved. If you didn't understand that Emily was writing the letters, <laughs> I didn't apparently. <laughs> but other than that, well, because that's the thing is I don't think they handled mental illness very well. I think they got too excited about fatal attraction, which yeah. came out like three years before this episode. So I don't understand why it was so important. Like, I swear to God, somebody saw it on HBO and was just like, y'all. I got an idea. (laughs) This will translate perfectly to teen drama. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, um, I don't know. Because, like, I'm trying to think of B and C words because that's, like, right around where I'm hovering. Bonfire. B-plot. B-minus for B-plot and bonfires. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, because, like, I don't want to give it a full B or B plus. So, B yeah, minus? no, I feel like C minus was pretty liberal. 
in my brain. I don't know. I don't think it was a bad episode. Like, it was definitely just, one of the more entertaining I ones. I think it was an interesting episode. It just, I can't give it a good grade knowing how much I disagree with how they handled Emily's mental health. Like, I what feel if like... We, what if we look at it on the surface only? If you look at it on the surface of, like, Brandon has a stalker who happens to be his ex-girlfriend, and then they end it with her going away. Mm-hmm. B minus. See, that's where I'm at. Look at that. <laughs> but that's the problem is I can't because Emily. Right. No, I mean, it's fair. It's totally fair. Like, they didn't give us a ton of warning signs for Emily. So I do feel like they just came up with this and decided to make her quote unquote crazy. Well, I do. Well, and yeah, I'll agree with that because like, I think I mentioned this to you earlier this week is like, we went from zero to Emily back down to zero very fast. Yeah, like it, it was a very like, we loved her and then boom, crash and kind of burn. Literally no pun intended. Well, and you mentioned a redemption arc. Like, She's got episodes left that's so got to be where one? that's going. Right. It's just a question of how they handle it. hmm And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think she's not in an episode for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I look to see, and I know she's in future seasons, which tells me that, like, you know, she is not immediately coming back. Right. Um, and speaking of immediately coming back. What's next week's episode? <laughs> next week we I have... I feel like that was okay. Well, it was just a little, like, you know, suggestive, I think. <laughs> Kim Kardashian's <B-plot>. comeback. <laughs> she got... <laughs> um, yeah, so next week's episode is season two, episode 17, Chucky's back. Oh, speaking of coming back... <laughs> Yeah, so who knows what that'll be? Because I feel like we already had a Halloween episode, so I'm like, who the f- is Chucky? Chucky is going to be somebody's, like, elementary school best friend, and it's going to cause drama in the friendship group. And honestly, assuming that's what it's about, I'm for it. I hope it's Chucky from Rugrats. <laughs> oh, I would love it. I, I dressed like for him as Halloween. Just came out. I was him for Halloween when I was, like, in kindergarten. Yeah, it was real cute. That's so cute. <laughs> My mom went all out. We got those like green umbro shorts and Aww. painted the gold like spots on them. I had the shirt. I had the glasses. I had the wig. Like, oh my god, it was super cute. I had the freckles on my face. It was very cute. Oh my god, that's adorable. Oh, yeah. Pictures, oh, yeah. please. I'll find them. Make sure to follow us while you're listening, after you're listening, and before you're listening, because we do tweet some funny things. Before you listen to us, find us. <laughs> yeah. At Pack 2 Podcast. On Twitter and Instagram. You can also send us an email. <laughs> Please send us an email, even uh, if it's just hello. <laughs> at podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. Send us your kindergarten Halloween photos. Yeah, why not? Please. That'd be hilarious. Babies. And then I'll post my Chucky picture. How yeah. about that? We have you to, guys- Someone has to send us a picture yep. before you will see the Chucky picture. That's right. And That's then... Right. Um, Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Ideally five stars. Yep. And if you do give us like an actual review, we'll read it out on the episode. Mm -hmm. And all of those really help us. If you leave us a rating or review, you follow us, you share us, all that kind of stuff really helps 
put us higher up in all of the shit. Yeah, all the rankings. All the shit. <laughs> yep, all of it. And we'll see you when Chucky's back. <laughs> yeah. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.